Hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. This is your brother, your son, and your friend of the Lord. My name is Kirby. We're not cousins. Not just friends. But we're family. So, today, I have a message for you. We could just call this the foundation. And wherever you are, whether it be your bedroom another room in your house or even your car let's take a moment and enter into God's presence through prayer Father God in the name of Jesus I thank you for this podcast I thank you for this message I thank you for these words I thank you for this night it's 429 in the morning But Father, you never slumber and you never sleep. So I pray for every person who will come across this recording that they receive something special as if you were sitting in the same room as them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I said I'm not your cousin and we're not just friends but I'm your brother and that makes us family so turn to 1st Corinthians chapter 3 and we'll start reading scripture 1st Corinthians chapter 3 dear brothers and sisters When I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready. For you are controlled still by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos. (laughs) Aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, Who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. That's the gospel. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. 
What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own work, hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already have laid. Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone who barely escapes through a wall of fire. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader for everything belongs to you. Whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future, everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Amen. Corinthians. I love the book of Corinthians completely. And although this episode would be more so diving into scripture, as we just read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and then afterwards going into the knowledge as led by the Holy Spirit of what is actually being said in the scripture. I'm reading in the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. I personally love New King James Version, KJV. But as we're going to learn today, the whole point of this podcast, or more so this episode, is let's find out what our foundation is and is our foundation Christ 
and is what we're building or what we have had built for us, Christ. Many times in the body of Christ, people love to bicker, argue, divide and separate over secondary issues. What I mean is a primary issue would be a foundational issue. We all need to believe in the deity of Christ. We all need to believe in the role of Christ, meaning he came to die. He came to redeem us. He came to give us that life that John 3.16 so beautifully puts eternal life. We all need to believe in salvation. We need to believe in the Holy Spirit. Those are subjects where if someone has a disagreement, it's something that you do need to spend time speaking on. It's something that is an issue that comes down to salvation. But many of these other issues that we speak on, like Apostle Paul was dealing with in the Church of Corinth, they're not big issues. They're secondary. They're meaningless. They're vanity. Vanity of vanities. Now, the Corinth church was a church that many times, like if you read chapter two of it and chapter one, the Corinth church was a church that other places would compare themselves to in a bad way. What I mean is there's certain places, for example, down here in Florida, there's a place in West Palm Beach called Tamarind, right? Or Lake Park to where it has a bad name. You could take Chicago, for instance, in Illinois, to where people call it Chirac because of how much violence it's been known for. Now, Corinth is a place similarly known for really drunk people. <laughs> and Apostle Paul was essentially saying that after he came to Corinth and he introduced the gospel and he's shown the gospel in power, not just in word, but power of the Holy Spirit. There became a divide in Corinth as there is now in the body of Christ, where some people wanted to attribute themselves to certain sects. When I say sects, ignore my lisp, it's S-E-C-T-S. Some people wanted to say, I'm a part of Apostle Paul's church. And another wanted to say, hey, nah, I'm, I'm a part of Apollos. Another one, hey, I'm a part of Peter. Nah, I'm, I'm a part of Jesus himself. And it's like there was so much bickering that Apostle Paul came and said, hey, listen, it's not about what kind of church leader you are committing yourself under because all these leaders belong to you they're all there for the edification of the body of christ as a collective it's not for a specific individual and what i mean by saying that the same thing happens today is many times if you're a new believer you may not be aware of it yet but many times people argue on those same meaningless subjects there's some people that say, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Lutheran. I'm Pentecostal. 
I'm church of God. I'm apostolic, which of course I understand each has their own specifics, ideals. But remember, like Apostle Paul said, the foundation ought to remain the same. Christ. He's our foundation. Let's just skim through a few subjects and then we'll talk a little bit more. We'll open up. We'll unpack this. Right? So who was Paul? Paul, who was formerly known as Saul. He's an apostle to the Gentiles. Now, the Gentile people were essentially anyone who wasn't a Jew or a Jewish convert. What I mean is a proselyte. They weren't naturally born an Israelite. So they were known as pagans or they were known as just the nations. They were treated like animals and they were treated as if they were unclean because of how much they did not know God. They would go into idolatry and child sacrifice and many other terrible things because they didn't know Yahweh. And essentially, the mission that Apostle Paul had was to go to them. He formally persecuted Christians and Christ essentially was going to show Apostle Paul how much he was going to suffer for his name's sake. And gave him a specific ministry to the Gentiles who the Jews despised and considered unclean. Apollos, he was well versed in the law. And I believe it was Acts chapter 15 or 16 where Paul discovered him. And he was essentially a really, really wise teacher. And then when he came to Christ, all the wisdom that he had before, as someone who studied the law, Christ used for his benefit. So he was really well versed as well. Me personally, I believe Apollo should be considered not an apostle, but as the author of the book of Hebrews, which is one of the books of the Bible. Now that we have a foundation those two men came to Corinth and they taught and they preached and they did many amazing things. We can even say signs and wonders. We can say many souls came to Christ. And because of that, many people in the body of Christ in Corinth had a divide where some wanted to be identified with the teacher, just as we are now. Many people want to say, I'm a part of this church. I'm a part of that church. Fidelity to your church is important. But don't treat church membership as a cult. I'm going to say that again. Don't treat church membership as a cult. Second thing. Don't treat denominational membership as a cult. The body of Christ in this time needs to come together for the fact that, as we can see in just current news, if you follow that, if we don't come together now, when 
different ideas of this world start infiltrating the church, we'll be so separated that we won't even know who a believer is. To where we forget that when persecution actually comes, meaning when people start shooting, killing, executing believers for their faith in Christ, we'll be so divided that we wouldn't know where to turn. The gunmen would only see all of us as the same thing. You're, you're a Christian, so I shoot you. But we would say, no, nah, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a Baptist. I'm a Christian, but I'm not Pentecostal. I'm a No, come on. We're better than that. The foundation that we have is Christ. So Apostle Paul started off with saying, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Meaning, I had to talk to you as if you were babies. I had to give you your little pacifier. I had to, you know, pat you on the back and tell you good job. And I had to make sure I checked up on you because you wouldn't show up to church next week. He had to essentially speak on a base level. He said that in verse 2 that he couldn't give them solid food. I mean, he couldn't give them meat. In other words, when he was speaking, he couldn't go into real serious doctrine. He couldn't talk about hell because they would have been freaked out. He couldn't talk about the second coming. He couldn't talk about... There's certain things that he just couldn't mention. What do I mean? Christ even said it. He told his disciples before he left. He said, there's so many things I want to tell you, but you wouldn't be able to handle them now. So Christ gave it up to the Holy Spirit to reveal it to his 12 apostles after. Yeah. Apostle Paul even finished off in verse two by saying, because you weren't ready for anything stronger and you still aren't ready. The same way that you can't give a baby a steak. If you really want to give a baby a steak that bad, you have to blend it or something. <laughs> a baby can't handle it. We have to be able to get off of these foundational topics so that we can handle the deeper things in Christ. We can handle the gifts of the spirit and walking by faith and not by sight and overcoming sin. And the Bible says in Romans 6 verse 11, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. That's a very serious thing. And it's possible for you to reach a point in your life and in your walk with Christ where you can consider yourself dead to the sin nature. So verse three, it says, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with one another. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? What he means is, as much as I respect me, Kirby, as much as I respect people who study apologetics and study prophecy, and they can tell you who the Antichrist is, like they can tell you who their wife is, and they can tell you all of this and that. The moment that you fill your mind with head knowledge and excuse you you having personal intimacy with the Holy Spirit by you having a lot of head knowledge. You are a baby. 
you're a big wine wine baby spiritually because you will use your head knowledge to berate others to beat up on others and you will not be humble enough to take correction from others because you know it all you know everything there's someone i know that if you tell them that they're wrong the defensiveness that you would get you would think that you were walking into a minefield into area 51 it says it right here. It says jealous of one another and quarrel one, with one another. You, you shouldn't be argumentative as a Christian. If anything, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read for you very quickly. It says, when I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. This is Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. And Timothy was the pastor of a church in a place called Ephesus. Apostle Paul was considered his spiritual father. And essentially, Apostle Paul is writing this letter to Timothy to show him what to do as a believer and as a pastor of his congregation. But because you and I, we know that the Bible is historical and prophetic, but it's also personal. We can read and glean from everything that Apostle Paul was telling Timothy because the words were inspired and breathed by the Holy Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit is eternal, the Holy Spirit is multifaceted. We can see this and read it as if God is telling it directly to us. Verse four. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussion of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations, which don't help people live a life of faith in God. I can tell you one thing. Get ready. You're going to think I cursed. You're going to think I offended you, but I'm, I'm not offending you. Wondering if Jesus was black or white shouldn't be a matter of argument. It should not be a reason why you can no longer call someone your brother or sister anymore. The Bible says it right here. It's a get away from these meaningless discussions on myths and pedigrees and people just they oh why do you think jesus was black why do you think jesus was white what do you, this this is meaningless because i can tell you one thing not one of those arguments have ever taught anyone how to walk and live in faith with god just like apostle paul just said verse five the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience and genuine faith. But some people have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their times in meaningless discussions. Some people spend all their time arguing. I can tell you, the more time you spend in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, the less time you spend arguing with others. You won't need to argue someone or convince someone to become a Christian. The moment you speak, the Holy Spirit will let words flow off of your tongue like honey. I'm telling you scripture right now. Jesus said. In that hour, the Holy Spirit will give you utterance. He said it to his disciples after he told them that they'll be brought before kings and magistrates, that they'll be persecuted. He said, don't plan on what you're going to say. Because in that hour, the Holy Spirit will speak through you. The more time you spend with the Holy Spirit, the less time you'll need to spend arguing. 
People aren't going to agree with you because you yell at them. Love people, like he said. And then he says in verse 7, they want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they are talking about, even though they speak so confidently. Oh boy, I can tell you countless times in the past, some people who call themselves Hebrew Israelites, IUICs and all these other groups to deny Christianity its validity and hate when you even say the name of Jesus in an English rendition, they want you to say Yeshua or Yahashua. They don't want you to say Jesus simply. So they make up 50 different English, I mean, Hebrew, Aramaic renditions of the name Joshua. But I can tell you one thing. I've never seen a demon cast out by someone who argues if the name of Jesus is Jesus or Yeshua. It's ridiculous. We don't argue about these things. And you, in your, in your realm of influence, if someone wants to argue with you about anything, really, scripturally based, if it's a secondary issue, don't argue with them. Don't worry about what they have to say. Love the person. So, to go back, it says in verse 4, I believe we left off. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. Some of us, I'm sorry, let's, let's just continue reading. I'll speak after. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers. And you are God's field. You are God's building. Let's pause there at verse 9. Some of us have been raised in Catholic backgrounds. Or Methodist or whatever name you want to label it, non-denominational. And then later dove into another church. And you see things that you've never seen before. Like for me, I've seen Christians who actually love God. They're not singing hymns all the time. They're in God's presence crying. And that shook me awake. And I'm like, wow. And some people, they were raised in churches where people cry. And they call it so emotional that they when they get into a church that is more so scripturally based in the sense of, we read King James Version only and we're just Bible, 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 which is what every Christian should do, of course. Um, they have their own different experience where they're like, wow, this church is like, yo, these people are living so holy. And what we like to do is we like to identify ourselves with a specific group because we don't want to be seen as too legalistic and we don't want to be seen as too liberal. So we, we like to go on this kind of a seesaw on who we are in Christ. Apostle Paul is putting a pin in that and he's saying, hey, listen, it's 
It's not whether you're being legalistic or liberal. It's are you being like Christ? The foundation is, is Christ. You, you don't want to identify your personality with the church that you're raised up in. You want to compare yourself to Christ, not to the person sitting next to you in the church. That's the foundation. And if we lose hold of that, that's where we get into confusion. That's where we start acting like babies, where we argue with other people. I go to church because it pleases Christ. So, I like that. I go to church because it pleases Christ. I don't go to Christ because it pleases the church. Anyways, someone just realized that I was in bed, by the way, I just shifted and moved. <laughs> Verse 10, because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful for no one can lay any any foundation other than the one we have already laid jesus christ one thing that i really like about that is that he's saying listen you guys i laid a foundation another pastor another prophet another evangelist another teacher another apostle will come through and will build on top of that what i have said many times the problem with us listening to many different preachers is that they don't build on top of each other. They build counter to each other, opposite, which is why many people end up in confusion. Oh, this pastor said that speaking in tongues isn't for today. This pastor said that speaking in tongues is for today. And then you just end up so confused and you don't know what to believe. We build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We build on what the word of God says. And we build on what the Holy Spirit leads us to believe. So, you're going to have pastors in your life for a season. And you're going to have pastors in your life for the long run. Your job isn't to identify yourself with that pastor but to let that pastor be another stepping stone on the building that God wants to build you to be you ought to end up being like Christ Jesus said a servant isn't greater than his master but he says a fully mature servant is like his master the goal is to be Christ like that's why we call ourselves christians anyways so now that we get that out of the way verse 12 says anyone who builds on the foundation may use a variety of materials gold silver jewels wood hay or straw six things were named there and I think what's so beautiful about it is some of those things are imperishable. Some of them are perishable, meaning some of those things 
cannot be burned by fire. Some of those things can. What's some things that you believe that you know will never change? Versus what's some things that you believe that you know are subject to change? I can tell you, I believed some crazy things in the past. Some things I was even able to stake my life on. But until the Holy Spirit came and taught me different, I wouldn't have known any better. All of us have ways that we can grow. We're a church. We're a body. We are literally a kingdom. Where I'm weak, you're strong. Where I'm strong, you're weak. No one is independent in this kingdom. We all need each other. So that tells me. Right now, if there's anything in my life that's wood, hay, or straw, I need someone else who has the gold, the silver, and the jewels to build me up in that area. Some people, they struggle with having faith. But they're really, really strong in being hopeful in hard situations. Some people have really, really strong faith, but they struggle with loving someone else, loving their brother, loving their sister. Verse 13 says, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. Let me tell you a spoiler. The only work that has a value in the kingdom of heaven is the work that you've done for Jesus. Because he's the only one who can get glory up there. Verse 14 says, If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. Anything that you're doing, even if you don't think anyone else sees you. Even if you don't think that what you're doing is important. Even if you're in a church and the bathroom is dirty and you decide to clean toilets. There's something that I do, and I'm not saying this to brag. But if I go into a restroom and I see this pee on the toilet or whatever, you know, some guys have terrible aim and they want to argue about basketball, shooting three-pointers. No, don't argue about shooting three-pointers. Argue about cleaning the toilet. Sometimes if I see that, I get down on my hands and knees purposely to clean it. Why? Because I want to be like Jesus. And even if it's something as minimal or minute as that, you will get a reward for it. Whatever you're doing for Christ, if there's someone you're consistently encouraging, don't be discouraged. Do the work of Jesus. You'll get a reward for it. That's gold. That's silver. That's precious jewels. You evangelizing to a family member that right there is work for Jesus. Jesus said, if you even give a cup of cold water to a little child, you will by no means lose your reward. That's powerful, right? Don't you think that's cool? But shouldn't that motivate you to give as many cups of cold water to children in need, right? 
Shouldn't that give us that reaction? Because we're storing up our treasures in heaven and not here on earth. I think that's cool. I feel like someone's going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be encouraged to just do, do what they can for Christ with their whole heart. The Bible says in verse 15, but if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. I think that verse is very important. Don't do anything for self-aggrandizement. What I mean is don't do anything for self-gain. In the sense of you want to be more prideful. Don't give money to the poor and record it. That's a shame for the poor. And that'll be a shame for you in heaven when all the money you gave to the poor, all the work that you did is burned up. That's wood, hay and stubble. But what you can do is give money to the poor and don't tell anyone about it. If you can even sneak the money there, do it. Let it only be between you and God. And I tell you, that gold will be shiny. Some people, some people will really be shocked to see that the things that they did on earth counted for so much. While on earth, they counted it for so little. And the things that they counted for so much on earth will be counted for so little in heaven. So, it says in verse 16, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. The Bible just calls you holy because holy is positional. Holy is relational. Holy is possessional. You are positioned in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Your relationship with God is as his child. God owns you and calls you a special people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Holiness is literally you coming into someone's house and then you see fine china locked away in a cabinet, only used for special purposes. It's set apart. But then you see some other you know, vases and cups and plates, and they're just common and they're anyone can use them. Anyone can break them. But the fine china, those are special. I got some fine china that I can't even to this day. I'm 24 and I cannot run past it without my mom getting so scared. God treats you as the fine china of heaven. You're holy. Oh, Kirby, but I'm not perfect. Well, let me ask you this. Was Mount Sinai perfect? No, it's a mountain. But God called it holy as soon as he came upon it. Holiness is God taking something and saying, this is mine. God did that with you. God took you and he said that you are his. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to truly be wise for the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he chops the wise and the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, 
He knows they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human leader, for everything belongs to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. The Bible says that we're co-inheritors with Christ. And in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, it says the path of the just is like the shining light, shining brighter and brighter unto the perfect day, meaning your journey on this walk with the Lord is just like the sunrise. It's 535 in the morning where I am in West Palm Beach, Florida. But in a couple of hours, I'm going to see the sun rise. The first ray of sunlight is going to gleam through and shine through the darkness. And then it's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And it's so faithful that it does it every day. And then as soon as it hits 12, which we call noon, it's going to be perfect. The perfect day because perfect is the word in the Greek. Teleos or stelios. It means fully mature. It's completely at a fully grown stage. And that's how you are in Christ. At first, we just see a shining light. You don't lie anymore. You don't steal anymore. You don't cheat anymore. You're, you're, not, you're not cursing people out in traffic. Wow. <laughs> and then you're going to grow and grow in Christ. And then one day, you're going to be at that stage of full maturity where you can look back and you can say, if God wasn't on my side, I wouldn't be here. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Truly, Jesus knew what he was saying when he called you the light of this world. So, remember, the foundation that you lay should only be built upon the chief foundation, which is Jesus Christ, our cornerstone. Some of us listening to this podcast have been in a certain group of Christianity for so long. And we some of us don't even see miracles. We don't see these things the Bible talks about, but we're in it because we've been raised in it. I just want to tell you, God loves you and check your foundation. Make sure your foundation is Christ. I'm not your far distant relative, your cousin on the other side of heaven, the hood in heaven who speaks in tongues and he's weird and he believes in miracles. I'm your brother and I love you. So let's close it out with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this podcast I thank you for this message and I thank you that you show us we are the light of the world a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid the division that's in the body of Christ right now was a trap it was a deception some of us it's it's all mental we separate ourselves from what makes us a true Christian and what not but Lord I pray that you bring unity I pray that you just show us that the foundation is you we don't separate ourselves by one being with Paul or Apollos. We claim Christ. 
Because everything in this world, every teacher that's there for the body of Christ belongs to us. And we belong to you. And you belong to God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hey, if you really like that message, there's more where that came from. I'd encourage you to subscribe, follow, and search me up on Instagram. K Desvalens. That's K-D-E-S-V-A-L-L-O-N-S. There's more coming soon. God bless you. I love you. Enjoy your day.